0: everybody welcome to Rachel's Reviews. I'm really excited today. We have another female film critics panel today where we are gathering together with some of the some of my friends that are uh film critics in this world that's mostly male dominated that that cover films and we're here their perspective of uh, of what they think we add to the film critic community. And I'm really excited to have a great panel today. We have, uh, the, I'm film critic Rachel Wagner and joined with me, we have Kristen Lopez is here. Hi everybody. Yes, Danielle Solzman is here. Happy to be here. Yes, and Aly- Alyssa from Mainly Movies is here. Hi. Yes, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. And I want to give each of you an opportunity to introduce yourself. And uh, so let's start with Alyssa. Why don't you introduce yourself and how you got into reviewing movies on YouTube?
1: Um, Yeah, so my name's Alyssa, and I have always uh, been, I'm sure, like everybody else, I've always been interested in movies. I liked them uh, quite a bit when I was uh, a kid. And as I got older in high school and college, um, I got more and more interested into uh, or in the filmmaking side of things, not just enjoying movies for, you know, just entertainment. But I also liked um, kind of seeing that side and and the critical side and analysis side. Um, And I started off with written reviews, actually, for five or six years before, uh, starting up the YouTube channel. Uh, and so that kind of, um, uh, progression I think, uh, kind of was, was a logical shift for me, but I, I, I enjoyed it. I love talking about movies with, uh, people. I love interacting with people and certainly the YouTube channel allows for that a little bit more than, uh, my written reviews ever did. Um, and so I, I really enjoy, uh, that, that interaction aspect.
0: That's great. Uh, Kristen, what about you? How did you get into uh, into film, and world of film criticism?
2: Yeah, I mean, um, I'd always been around movies as a kid. And then in high school, I took uh, a lot of film classes back when American high school electives actually were fun and not <laughs> cut for, you know, the bare minimum. Um, so I, I did a lot of film work in that regard and loved classic movies and As I started to leave high school, I I answered a YouTube or a a Craigslist ad looking for a movie reviewer. It made a whopping $10 an hour or at least $10 a review. And I took it and I did that for several years uh, and never really figured it was anything I'd ever make money on because why would I? But as I slowly needed to continue writing to be able to work, um, it slowly became something that I could actually make money on and talk about movies. So it was a career I really just fell into. And now that I've been doing it for so long, I, I don't know anything else I could have done per se.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's great. Hey, $10, nothing to sneeze at. <laughs> hey,
2: I know. I, I got, a, I think in the entire time I was there, I was there for, I think, almost a, a decade. And I think I got a, a raise of $1. So... <laughs>
0: made $11 a review um when I finished <laughs> well we all like to, <laughs> those, those big big time races <laughs> that's funny that's great uh well Daniel, what about you I know you've been on our show before on my show before and uh and so it's fun to have you back and and you got into uh into it a little bit different uh, through writing about sports right is that correct
3: Yes, that's right. I was writing for uh, Fan uh St. Louis uh, Cardinals website and uh, their Kentucky Wildcats website. I was on vacation in Tampa when they had posted in the Google, in the, uh, Google group that they're uh, restarting uh, their uh, film site. I volunteered and the rest is history. I ended up moving on to uh, pretty much uh, write for my own uh, starting in 2016 with great. watching uh, Salty at the Movies in 2017.
0: That's great. That, that uh, Well, I mean, luckily there's a, a, a crossover between sports and movies quite a bit uh, with uh, so many great movies about sports. I, I mean, I say I, I don't really like sports, but I like watching movies about sports. <laughs> so that works out great. Uh, so what I first wanted to talk about is why do you think it's important to have female and non-binary voices in the film critic community, because it is so predominantly male voices. Uh and um Kristen, let's start with you. What do you think that uh that perspective adds to our analysis of film as a culture? You
2: know, I mean I come at it from a perspective that's kind of a minority and a minority and a minority being a woman. Right being a Latina, being uh, in a wheelchair. So for me, you know, I think that the more experience you have, colors how you view films. I think anybody that says that personal experience should not affect how you watch movies, that's a lie. Um, Personal experience always affects how you watch movies. That's why we have memory tied so closely into movie. And, And for me, you know, you need those different perspectives to see how we've changed as a film growing body. I mean, I, I study a lot about, and I write about classic film a lot. And, you know, you don't know how we've changed in terms of race, in terms of disability portrayal, in terms of any of those things if you don't know where we started. And oftentimes white male criticism tends to gloss over that or not make it known. And if you're a minority already, you know, you're used to compartmentalizing to in order to enjoy a movie. If I didn't like every other every movie that I saw because it had didn't have a perfect depiction of somebody, you know, we wouldn't like any movies. It's impossible mm-hmm. to find something that's perfect. And so, in terms of having those different perspectives, you can see whether a movie is is positive in a specific portrayal or not. You know, I I, I remember all of the comments from. People that saw Sicario when it came out, especially men who thought that it was such a great brilliant movie and you know the Latino community was saying no it's actually really not if you are a Latino because it situates everybody as a drug dealer. Um, you know for me every disabled narrative shows us as obscenely wealthy and bitter you know so you don't get those perspectives if you don't have people those experiences (laughs) writing about it because that's the easiest way to do it unless you educate every film critic out there to know about all those different experiences. The only way you're going to get that is by hiring critics that have those, those differences of perspective.
0: Yeah. And even then, even if you did instruct and people are trying their hardest to see through that lens, it's still not ever gonna be as authentic, of course, as somebody that's actually living, breathing those experiences on their daily in their daily lives, of course. Right,
2: right. I mean, I know I have a lot of friends that, you know, mean very well in in their discussions about disability Mm -hmm. and but at the end of the day, they're still able bodied and we still have our disagreements about how you know, I would go about things versus how they would go about things. And so I think even the best intentioned people, and we're seeing that a lot right now with Black Lives Matter and people trying to finally, you know, get into Black cinema, you know, there's still Mm -hmm. those discussions that we have to have about how to approach those. And you can't really unteach a lot of, you know, decades of not just experience, but also film perception. You know, Mm -hmm. media creates this narrative that causes us to look at the world a certain way and that's really unhard that's really
0: hard to unteach mm-hmm. yeah danielle for you as a trans critic how how has that experience been for you i uh, both a uh, from a you know from film perspective from a trans perspective how has that experience of kind of entering this critic world been for you
3: well i mean a lot of it Oh, that's a good question.
0: <laughs> that's a loaded question. I'm sorry. <laughs> but uh, but, uh, but what do you think that your well, voice uh, adds to this discussion? Because I think it adds a lot. I really do.
3: Yeah. I mean, like, there are things that years ago I would not have thought about. And then re- over the last few years, especially since coming out as trans, like, I'll watch older movies and, I'm, and I'll uh, give it the side eye because something's borderline transphobic.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can share that in your reviews, in your, in your, uh, in your writing. It must yeah, be kind of enlightening. Like, yeah.
3: I remember watching uh, little, I believe that was last year. It's hard. It, it's hard to remember which film comes out when, I mean, these last sure. few months, like <laughs> it's been blurs day after blurs day, after blurs day. Yeah. <laughs> like the only time I know it's Wednesday is when I get a reminder. Oh, Hey, agents of on tonight. Yeah. Yeah. I remember watching little and the transphobic line and I'm like, how did that get approved in the final cut? Like that Mm -hmm. shouldn't have been there at all. Like whoever was on set should have stopped that from happening when it did. Right. And so not only did I call it out in my review, I paid attention to who else called it
0: out in their review. Mm -hmm. Right. Yes. I, so uh, Alyssa, we have the experience of being film critics on youtube and uh, female film critics on youtube and that is a, a rarity there's not that many of us and uh, so how have you felt uh, in that experience and uh, what do you think that we add to the especially particularly the youtube bubble of film uh, of the film critic world
1: so for me, in terms of my experience with it, I, I've i had a pretty positive experience, which I know is kind mm-hmm. of rare, I, I think, in this uh, situation. I think largely that's because I, I don't have quite the, uh, the reach or the audience that uh, other people do yet, because I'm fairly new, only about a year on uh, YouTube, uh, but I... I have found that at least within our community, uh, everybody's or most people are fairly welcoming. Um, and so mm-hmm. that that aspect, having other uh, content creators, other YouTubers um, really be welcoming has been a, a huge benefit, I think, of that. Mm-hmm. Um, from the audience side, it varies. Um, obviously, we get um, some some not so nice people that show up in the, the comment sections every now and then. Um, but I i gotta say i truly haven't had too many um major problems with that uh so i think i've been very lucky uh in yeah. in that regard uh compared to um the average uh female youtuber yeah. um but yeah what do you think that
0: female voice is important on a in the youtube film community
1: so i think um you know within within youtube and and reviewing on youtube we get a different audience, I think, of people who come to watch our reviews compared to people who would read um, film reviews Mm -hmm. other places. Uh, And, well, not unfortunately, but I think a consequence of that is we get a lot, um, we get quite a few male viewers. Um, I, I, you know, obviously don't have any statistics on this, but I would probably say we probably get more male viewers, um, in terms of comparing to uh, Mm -hmm. male readers, you know, the the ratio between male and female readers versus viewers, Mm -hmm. um, I think is different. And so, uh, like, uh, like Kristen was saying, having that perspective, and and like Danielle was saying, we we all have um, kind of our own take on movies and we bring our own uh, perspective. We have our own experiences. Movies are a very personal thing. And I think that kind of gets lost in the shuffle sometimes when it comes to reviewing or how people uh, view reviews uh, and kind of think it's this very black and white, you know, just a rating sort of thing. But Mm -hmm. we, everybody brings something to a movie when you go to watch it. And so I think having As many perspectives, you know, female, trans, anybody, all sorts of different um, viewpoints and and kind of uh, you know places where we're coming from uh, has has a big impact. And like Kristen was saying, I think that can kind of open people's eyes to seeing more than just their own perspective because you might not agree with somebody on a particular viewpoint of a film, but having that that other side at least potentially allows. people reading or watching a review to, to think about that and have that uh, maybe different perspective, perhaps the next time they go and watch that movie.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, Kristen, what, what would you say? Do you have a process that you, you do when you go sit down, I'm going to watch this movie and then, and then I'm going to go and write my review. What, what's your process for, for that experience or does it just, uh, just depend on the movie. Um,
2: it's, it's been, it's, been pretty consistent, thankfully, uh, even with the pandemic being what it is. Um, but for me, I think it's easier for most of us to watch a movie in the theater because you have to force those distractions away from you. You know, you don't have your phone, you don't have your computer, um, you don't have any of that. So for me, I've been watching a lot more stuff at home, just mostly in my day job where I cover television, but also even with film. You know, I have to have my cell phone in another room, and I have to have my computer put away. Um, I need to be able to fully immerse myself with, with a movie without those distractions, which it's so easy to do when you're at home. Um, and, and the actual process of writing for me, I used to take notes and I don't do that anymore because the concept of just looking down and writing is often you miss more doing that than you would actually watching the movie. Um, So it benefits me to actually do a review immediately after I watch something. So everything's very fresh. Um, I talk to myself a lot too when I watch movies. So I'm like, oh, I can remember that I shouted that that was a really dumb plot point. Um, So so that's kind of the thing. I I really can write best when it's off the cuff right after I see something as opposed to having that delay of what I see as delay time in Mm -hmm. trying to formulate thoughts. I mean, I usually kick myself for forgetting something that I wanted to include in the review after it's written, but I tend to forget more the longer I'm separated from the media.
0: Yeah. Uh, Daniel, can you relate to what Kristen's saying? What's your process for, for uh, writing a review? Do you take notes? What do you do?
3: I could definitely relate to uh, what Kristen is saying because I live in a studio apartment. My phone is usually a foot or two away from me and watching a movie in my apartment. Like I, there was a tweet a few weeks ago that there should be a category on Netflix for things you can watch while scrolling on your phone. And I retweet quote tweeted it. I'm like, you're not wrong. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like uh, when South by was canceled, uh, I had moved uh, my lodging money to, uh, Toronto for an Airbnb. And by the time late April came, I'm like, yeah, this thing's not itty-gitty type suit. I may as well refund uh, the Toronto Airbnb. And I use that money to upgrade from a 28 inch dumb TV to a uh, 43 inch uh, smart TV. Oh, nice. Yeah. And then. (laughs)
0: Gotta get rid of those dumb TVs. (laughs) Yeah. Very good.
3: Yeah. So I've also been at least uh, during night, uh, turning off the lights uh, to kind of pretend it's my own private uh, screening room.
0: Sometimes mm-hmm. it
3: works, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, so, like, I know. Doing... It has
0: been challenging here in this pandemic to try to really focus. And and the other thing, so I was watching Greyhound the other day, and it just kept buffering and buffering. Oh. And I'm like, I'm trying to get in the moment here. Ah, so I know, I ended up...
3: I... I ended up. Uh, re- I ended up rewatching Greyhound uh, this morning. I decided to do the free trial for Apple. I mean, I ended up. I mean, last week I emailed Apple. I'm like, the press screener platform. I mean, it's non-stop buffering to the point where,
0: yeah,
3: I couldn't even finish the morning show because it's like buffering every five seconds. I mean, that makes it completely unwatchable. Everyone yeah. should borrow a note from Netflix. Yeah, because they make yeah. it easier with having that preview content right on their app.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Alyssa, what about you? What, what do you do as you prepare to film a, a review? What's your kind of process for, for, uh, for, you know, putting everything together?
1: Yeah, so I um, I still do written reviews as well. Uh, so I kind of use that as my base, um, and so I I am a note person. <laughs> I know uh, Kristen and Danielle kind of see more off the cuff with their uh, reviews, but I am I'm such a note person. I come from a, a very kind of academic background, so I, I take notes. I outline stuff. Um, I'm very uh, precise with how I uh, kind of put together my review. So I take notes. Um, it's obviously a little bit easier when you're at home watching a movie because um, you can kind of look down and actually see what you're writing. And, and if you need to, you could pause to, to you know, have time to write something or kind of replay something to get a quote uh, correct. Um, But even in the theater, I always bring a notebook and I've kind of perfected the art of taking notes in the dark and not even looking down. Like I'm just looking at the screen and just keep my finger on one place as I'm writing. And I have ink all over my my thumb from keeping uh, keeping track of where on the paper so I don't double write. But um, I take notes and then uh, when I'm preparing to write the review, I kind of uh, organize those notes and start to kind of outline uh, kind of the main points that I want to make in in a review, mm-hmm. and I kind of go from there. And with my yeah. um, my YouTube reviews, at least, I kind of have different segments. Like I have the review section, but I also do pros and cons. Oops, sorry, I hit the microphone. Uh, do pros and cons um, and uh, recommendations, and and a few other little segments. So that helps yeah. break it up a bit for me. Mm-hmm. That's
0: great. Uh, well, I asked everybody to bring uh, or have in mind uh, a movie that they are a movie review that they are proud of, and one that was an unpopular opinion. Uh, and those can coincide; those could be the same. But I thought that you can tell we can talk a lot about sort of the experience of being a critic through the, through our reviews. And the the one that I was very proud of, one for me was. Uh, my review of your name. I got to watch it early. This was in November of 2016, and because of relationships that I had built up with uh, with Funimation and with the team and, and with the publicists that were uh, that were part of it, so I got to watch it before almost anybody else uh, because of the work I'd been done for Rotoscopers and all the interviews that I'd done, and so. Uh, it was really fun to be able to say, this is amazing, and it's a movie that I absolutely love, one of my favorite movies, if not my favorite movie, and to be able to get on and just just to say that, uh, that this is, I said, it's a real achievement, uh, it's uh, a movie that I loved. And just to be super excited about it, and I said it's one of the best romances I've seen in years. It's a total, and complete delight. I and so I I think that's a really fun experience as a critic when you can kind of uh, you can kind of really introduce something introduce something special to the people that that follow you and really uh, convince other people to give something a shot maybe they wouldn't have otherwise. Uh, what what about you kristen what what did you what did you pick
2: um in terms of of reviews that i'm proud of you know I think that there's always kind of a dichotomy between something that i'm proud to champion versus something that I think is just really a well written piece of of work where i'm just like even if it 's bad, I at least had a lot of fun with it um, mm-hmm. so you know, I kind of, I might be cheating a little bit, but I had two for, you know, one for each of those dichotomies. And, you know, mm-hmm. in terms of, of a review, I'm proud that people like, and at least it's become kind of my brand, is when I went on my love fest for Dr. Sleep last year, um, which pretty much everybody now, I'm synonymous with that film, um, to the <laughs> point that when it was on HBO last week, or maybe two weeks ago, um, everybody kind of pinged me. They were like, hey, you know Dr. Sleep is on? I'm like, yes, I've created this hive of people that know that I'm really into that movie. Um, But if we're talking about reviews where I'm just like, God, I'm really happy that I put that discourse out into the world um, in terms of just like how well-written my vitriol was. It was um, the remake of Ben-Hur from a couple years ago. (laughs) Um, it was probably my meanest review that I've ever written. But I sat back after I wrote and I was like, damn, that's really good. Like, I came up with some zingers for how bad this movie is. Um, yeah. So, so, yeah, those are those are the two kind of things for me when I, I take pride in something that I'm happy to get to champion versus being like, that just was really good writing. And that doesn't always yeah. happen with, with, yeah. with a review um, every sure. time.
0: Yeah. I relate to what you're saying because it, with your name, people check in with me. They're like, Oh, I finally saw it. It was good. You were right. And it it's become, become of kind of brand. this thing oh, that like I, your no,
1: brand.
0: yeah, yeah. The people know, Oh, your name, Rachel's, that's her favorite movie. They know yeah. it. And uh, so it's, it's, it's fun. It, because there's a lot of junk that it's nice when you can be a part of something really positive of introducing something that you really love to people that that are uh, watching slash reading what well, you're saying it's,
2: it's actually ama- it's amazing to realize how much your writing takes on an element of you and, and you know and yeah. i say brand because i think reviews really do emphasize uh, the brand of critic nowadays especially when everything now is a brand um, you know mm-hmm. for for me if anybody <laughs> follows me on twitter most people know about my love for oscar isaac and when i when I write reviews with him in them, most people are very shocked that I actually, I guess, am critical about certain things. So, like, when Life Itself came out, I wrote pretty much 1,200 words about how horrid it was. And people were really surprised. They were like, but it's not your your future husband. And I'm like, it still sucks. I don't care. (laughs) Like, it's very funny when people, you know, really do kind of internalize the things that you've talked about on social media and how that criticism plays into that or doesn't.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. Ooh, that movie, I was sick and I went to the <laughs> screening anyway and I fell hard asleep, like hard asleep. Like I think it was actually I mean, that boring, movie My, make my people friend sick. was like, <laughs> yeah, that, that was movie should so make boring.
2: people sick.
0: So, you know, I, I don't believe you. <laughs> uh, well, Daniel. You, what's a review that you that you were proud of that you that you like that you that you uh, wrote? Uh,
3: I would go with uh, disobedience. In fact, I uh, just uh, linked to it uh, the other day in a Facebook group uh, mm-hmm. because last I checked, I'm the only Orthodox Jewish transgender film critic that I know of. Right. If there's anyone else out there i haven 't heard of them no one 's uh, reached out. Oh like you should get to know someone uh, yeah i uh, I keep yeah. linking to that review. I link to other reviews uh, frequently every now and then
0: yeah yeah i I think that 's fun when you can really sort of speak to your background. I felt like I was actually able to do that with my review of the greatest showman, uh, because as soon as I saw it, I knew for sure that it was going to be a huge hit in Utah here. in front. And so I, my review was, this, was called why the, why the greatest showman is the most Mormon movie ever made. <laughs> and, and what I do, I talk about how really it's just like perfect in style and theme and everything for the, the culture here in Utah and uh and so that was a really fun one to get a tap into my roots and uh and uh talk about the themes and everything uh, so i, I like that one so that can be really fun listen what about you what's what's a review that you did that you particularly love that uh that you're proud of
1: yeah so i i think i'm gonna kind of cheat a little bit like kristen i kind of have two different sides here because i have um like a review that i'm proud of from uh kind of a writing side writing perspective. Uh-huh. And then uh, I think with YouTube, at least, there's a little bit of a difference. I'm proud from the, the visuals and kind of an interesting thing that I did with another review. Um, so in terms of ones that I'm proud of with writing, I probably would go with my review of the 1994 Lion King. Um, either that or like Toy Story 3 like and and I feel like sometimes it's it's easiest for me to be most proud of movies that I have very very strong feelings about um, and so that Lion King uh, is a movie that I really really love and I have a very personal connection to it and so being able to kind of get that across but also touch on you know the the actual filmic qualities of the movie um, mm-hmm. and kind of deal with that uh, is is a nice uh, thing. And from the more the YouTube, more visual side, I'm pretty proud of um, kind of equally my review of the original Pet Cemetery and my review of It Chapter 2. Because I live in Maine and I, for both of those uh, reviews, I was able to go kind of to actual locations where these movies were either filmed or are supposed to be set and did portions of my review actually out at these locations uh so that was really fun and and kind of uh a nice integration at least for me a very uh fun yeah uh, element to it that I enjoyed quite a bit
0: that's great that's really fun uh yeah I recently got to cover the reopening of the the theater one of the theaters here and uh, for backstage directors and that was really fun to get to kind of be sort of a a reporter for a day, kind of a thing. <laughs> I don't know if I, how I don't know how well I did, but I did my best. Uh, and uh, so let's talk unpopular opinions because that's always a challenging part of the job. Uh, and one of the the one I wanted to talk about, everybody knows about my Shazam re- review and <laughs> it broke the internet. Um, but the one I wanted to talk about it is actually my review of the Glass Castle. Um, which was a movie I really hated. I responded very negatively to it, and I just felt like the father was such a horrible human, and he had he had ruined these people's lives, and uh, and he'd been just this, and for them to be toasting him at the end, which just really made me mad. And I get that it's based on this woman's life, but I still don't. That doesn't give it a pass to me. I I just found it really repugnant, and I it made me really mad. <laughs> And so I did a rare rant review. And what was interesting is the experience because my friend Sean, he he really connected with it because he had had a father who was an alcoholic. And uh, so some of the things that they showed were really almost cathartic for him. And so I was able to have a conversation with him and understand his perspective. And it didn't change my perspective. I still hated the movie, but I could understand how he how he connected with it and so that was actually a really positive experience uh, of, of an unpopular opinion that's like the best that's what you hope to have uh, which so often you don't have uh, but uh, but uh, yeah that that's one I'll, I'll always remember. I very rarely rant on YouTube but that was one time I did and, uh, and it was an interesting experience but what about you Kristen what, what what's an unpopular opinion that you had that's that's uh that stood uh, out I- for you
2: I'm cheating again, um, because you brought up Shazam, and i I actually wrote um, my initial review of Shazam was positive, um, but I wrote a supplementary article about it um, about how I didn't really care for its portrayal of, of disability specifically, mm. um, and it just went nuts on Twitter <laughs> with people saying you know it's a movie, right? You know it's not real. And I was like, funny how when people say, you know, Han shot first, you're like, it's really happening. And how dare you change that? But when I say I find it a bit, you know, uncool for Shazam to beat up bullies with Freddie Freeman's crutch, considering his insurance company is definitely not going to pay for a new one. Um, I'm like, you tell me that I shouldn't take movies as authentic. Um, so, you know, I, I think it was fun to kind of look point at the double standard that tends to happen when marginalized mm-hmm. critics point out something, you know, then it's a movie. How dare you say it needs to be bound by logic? Um, you know, it's a film. Uh, so that was fun to kind of point out people's fallacy of like when it's okay to step back and say a movie is fictional.
0: Um, well, and also that you can't point out a flaw in a film without, yeah. Being like the worst movie ever. Like, why exactly, can't you say? I, I, I still that like this thing. film. Yeah,
2: I said I'm like I thought Shazam was was perfectly fine. I'm like I the review was positive. I'm pointing out one little section of the movie. that yeah. If you're disabled, you're just kind of like, well, that's kind of crappy. Like, wow.
0: Right. Um. No, I was just gonna say you did similar thing with Baby Club this week, which yeah. I, I really admired actually because I had I had never even thought of it that way, and I I thought. That was a very well written piece, and that uh, that opened my eyes as a critic. So I really appreciate that perspective. Yeah, and I mean so, and that's that's yeah. the
2: thing. I'm like I, I love I love that show. I think that show is great. But you know it's again it's hard to be part of a marginalized group, and and have to kind of take that those chucks under the chin, so to speak. So mm-hmm. um, and then for me, I think too some of the the hardest reviews that I've I've always had to write are ones where I'm meh on something you know something just doesn't connect to me and it's not necessarily good or bad and when I reviewed Captain Marvel I said I didn't care for it um I didn't love it but I didn't hate it it's far from the worst movie um but it's also a Marvel movie and at the end of the day most people that know me know I don't really get the whole Marvel thing like I understand it but it's not for me um so I literally got a lot of I think they were bots um, or men under Twitter handles that were female. I do not think that these were, like, women t- standing up for Captain Marvel that were that were tweeting me, but they were, they were saying they were women who were like, how dare you go against the feminist code of, you know, not liking Captain Marvel? And I was like, I didn't say it was bad. They're like, well, your Rotten Tomatoes score is rotten. I'm like, well, let's talk about the binary of Rotten Tomatoes, which is, like, everything's either great or terrible and there's no middle ground um so those are those are the two that I think most recently just made me very unpopular. and ironically they're comic book movies from two different
0: studios yeah I was gonna say Alyssa be glad that the 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 blessing of being small is so you don't have to deal with (laughs) with that part side of it (laughs) because it's Uh, you just like, you didn't even listen to anything I said. All you cared was that I went rotten on it and it didn't matter to you anything else. And you just came here just to, just to vent because you're upset that I dropped your, your movie from a 94 to a 92 (laughs) <laughs> uh, but uh but uh, daniel what about you what's any, an unpopular opinion that you that you had that you want to sh- that you want to share with us i hated joker <laughs> yeah like and that I think, that was Did we all
2: hate joker i thought everybody hated joker
3: <laughs> well, apparently not based on facebook like i know people that loved it and i'm like i got death threats for my review i mean I, yeah I mean, we're having this whole conversation about police brutality. And I'm like, I had to go to the cops to report a death threat. Yeah,
0: I've done but, it. I've had to go to the cops. Yeah, I mean, I mean,
3: that That's was not a fun experience. I mean, having to pretty much turn all your social accounts private, warn your family about death threats and all that fun stuff. I mean, I, yeah. I mean there was someone on uh, Instagram that pretty much was doing targeted harassment.
0: Yeah, I remember Chris Stuckman said with his after his Batman v Superman review that that uh, that people called his parents in Ohio. <laughs> and we're, we're just like, oh my god! I remember so I wrote sad. I
2: wrote an article for Daily Beast about Ant Man and the Wasp and uh, how it dealt with chronic pain. And again, I wrote it from a disability perspective. And I I you know I I agreed with some people that were chronic pain sufferers who said that I didn't have the authority to speak to that. And I was like, I understand that. But then it got picked up by, I think, the Daily Caller or one of those big conservative sites. And it was Uh like, Handicap Critic says Marvel movie, horrible, hates disabled people. (laughs) And for like three days, it was just, my phone was like pinging from people threatening rape, threatening violence, threatening like, and I was just like,
1: Uh wow,
2: um... I didn't know people cared enough about Ant-Man and the Wasp. Um, yeah. I was, It was it was nuts. It was nuts. So, I, I, Danielle, I don't use that on
0: anybody. Yeah, I held off on reviewing Joker until the Oscars because I just, after I don't know, I was just like I just, I'm taking it. a pass. I'm taking um, a pass.
3: Uh, you're but, you're um, lucky uh, on uh, that front. I mean, I saw yeah. it in Toronto and the other film I was considering, well, there were two films that I was considering seeing at that time, and they both got, they both had their premiere a few days before, and they got panned, terribly panned, and I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to see those two films, so it was pretty much Joker, just go back to the press office and mm-hmm. hang around, and I got my review up later that day, in which, in hindsight, probably should not have rushed it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's how i felt about my shazam review too i'm like because uh, i didn't like uh, spider-man far from home either <laughs> and uh equal opportunity not liking last year super movies Um uh, and uh that one i uh, i didn't get hardly any pushback because i think i kind of learned from the Shazam experience and uh uh and so i did a written review for that one instead of youtube and i uh anyway so you live and learn but Alyssa, what about you? Do, 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 what's your most sort of un, unpopular opinion that you've had, whether in your written or YouTube so reviews? So
1: for YouTube, um, I, like, again, I think it's, A big consequence of just being fairly small on YouTube that I haven't really gotten too much pushback on really any of my reviews. I mean, certainly Uh a few people, you know, will come in and comment things, but for the most part, it's, it's actual like conversations that we have. Uh Um, so I, I do have one that I'll talk about with a written review, but for YouTube, actually my biggest, um, I guess problematic movie is one that hasn't come out and it was for a few trailer reactions that I did. Um, And so my trailer reactions, I don't just, you know, it's not like I just sit there and react like it's more of a trailer review because I spent Uh quite a few minutes afterwards discussing it. And it was a teaser trailer and then an official trailer for the upcoming live action Mulan. And I I, I, you know, I did not uh, bash it. I didn't say I loved it. I was pretty, uh, it was very middling to me, those trailers. And so I was kind of like, eh, I'm, I'm curious. Uh, it's not what I was anticipating, not quite um, as exciting as I had hoped, because I really love the um, animated Mulan. It's one of my favorite Disney movies. And so, um, but uh, people like I... I don't understand why, but those blew up as, you know, if you read the comments, you'd think that I, like, said I hated it, that's the worst movie ever, that it's going to be this, like, horrible thing, and that I'm never, and I'm like, where are these comments coming from? Yeah. For both of them, and so it was very strange, and and kind of, it took me aback a bit, because I, like, Um, you know, it's like what Kristen was saying, like, sometimes if you're kind of like, about something, it's like, all of a sudden, it gets blown out of proportion, and people are thinking that you have this other opinion that you don't actually. Um, So that that's uh, YouTube. And again, I haven't had any problems with reviews really there. Uh, For written reviews, though, one that uh, quite a few years ago, was uh, a review I did of 2001 A Space Odyssey. Um, And so uh, Kubrick is kind of uh, a very I don't know. I, I, it's, he's hit or miss for me. I love The Shining. Um, and most of its other movies are kind of in the middle for me. But 2001 A Space Odyssey, I've just never really been a big fan of that one. Um, and for for a number of reasons. But in my review, you know, I talk about how I didn't like it that much. I didn't give it a great review. But I talk a lot about its importance, you know, and kind of what it did for film and all of the good aspects of it. But people, um, you know, kind of like what you guys were talking about with the the, the kind of black and white nature of like Rotten Tomatoes. I think people just look at a, a rating and don't even bother sometimes to read a review or watch a review. Uh, and so I think that was what had happened. So I had the, the comments of that just like blew up and it blew into this crazy thing um, where it eventually devolved into people, not me, who were arguing. Some people were arguing on my behalf and others. It was, it was weird. Um, yeah. But it's... Uh, it's I'm it's, with it's you strange. on the 2001 sub, so I'm, I'm with you on that. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah, so funny
0: because that's like such a polarizing movie. Of course there's going to be different opinions about that. I mean, it... Well... <laughs>
3: It's so, yeah. it's so funny. Sorry, Daniel, you were saying? I was going to say I'm with you on 2001. I mean, I really did not like it from a story standpoint, but from a visual effects standpoint, you don't get Star Wars without that film
1: exactly yeah and that you know i made kind of both points saying that i you know personally i don't enjoy the movie i find it kind of a little dull a little boring at times but that you know there are certain shots that are amazing and then uh just kind of the advancements in in cinematography and and special effects are amazing and very important but (laughs) that's the way i
0: am with blade runner like i can appreciate it on a visual level i can appreciate on its influence on film but I can I've never gotten through it without falling asleep I I just my body's not strong enough (laughs) I can't I I even did the double header before the in in the theater for the new movie nope fell asleep (laughs) that movie just is so laborious the pacing is so slow to me but uh but yeah but it shouldn't it doesn't even matter like whether you like people should be interested in in what people have to say and their critical analysis not necessarily does this person agree with me to me that's interesting to hear the i like it reading reading and listening to reviews that are different than my own because i learned something it's just like i was talking about with my friend sean and uh, that hearing his perspective it didn't make me like the movie anymore but it made me a better person because i understood my friend and understood this experience so i i think uh that uh that that's a a uh a shame that people are so sort of myopic in their own view of that everybody has to agree with me that they don't get to see the world as a more interesting diverse place and uh, and i think that's a shame uh, and what you were saying about trailer reactions it's so funny to me because like we have no idea what the movie's going to be like it's just the trailer right <laughs> so so like i i had i my trailer reaction for wonder wonder woman 84 i said I said, I was super excited about it, super pumped, but I said, I'm a little nervous because I loved how they, how I thought it was very poetic and beautiful with Steve Trevor in the original film. And that he, you know, the, he sacrificed his life and that was something meaningful to me and i'm nervous about them bringing him back and that's going to sort of lessen the value of that sacrifice to me that's a totally valid point point. and there were people like oh you're not even gonna give the movie a chance because you're you're going into it expecting it like and i'm like i made one point about how i was a little nervous <laughs>
1: which yeah but that, that's what i've noticed too um with the mulan trailers but other trailer reactions too it's like people get very fixated on one kind of almost offhanded comment you make in your kind of uh you know analysis or kind of just even you know positing what's going to be happening and yeah, they just like that. take that and focus in on that and just ignore the other like eight minutes of your video and focus on yeah. the like three seconds that you spent <laughs> saying that you were possibly concerned about something that may or may not actually yeah. happen in the movie it's like you didn't want
0: my reaction. You wanted me to parrot back your reaction to the trailer. And that's a problem that you can get a lot with people with, with reviews or with reactions or any kind of content that that we produce is they don't really want to hear what you have to say. They want to hear what they think parroted back to them. And, uh, and yeah, so that can be very, very, very frustrating. And, uh, Yeah, so uh, thank you so much, you guys, for coming on and doing this. I really appreciate it. Uh, uh, Kristen, do you have any sort of uh, closing thoughts uh, about your experience as a critic?
2: I mean, for me, I think it's been incredibly rewarding. I mean, I don't know. I've talked about this before. I don't know any other job I could have done that would have given me the platform to not just share my thoughts about movies, but... Hopefully, change hearts and minds on on some things, whether that be gender or disability. Um, so, you know, this this is just kind of my shout out to hire women, hire women of color, hire trans women, hire disabled women. Just hire more women because we're ready. out there changing the discourse.
0: Yeah, yes, yes, definitely. It's such a joy, and and the great thing about film is that it allows you to experience other people's journeys in, in such an immersive way. And, uh, so it's, it's a really, it's, we are blessed. We can't forget that with all the frustrations that uh, we are, we are very, very blessed. Uh, Daniel, what about you? What's your sort of closing uh, thoughts about being the experience of being a critic?
3: That, I mean, for female, when you take female filmmakers in general, Yes. They, yeah. I mean a lot of times eighty percent just end up doing the one film because they can't get that financing to get the second film off the ground because all these negative reviews from straight white men for their first film, I mean
0: it's rough. Yeah, yeah, that's very, very true. Very, very true. Elizabeth, you what would you say to somebody that's uh, thinking about starting a YouTube channel, thinking about starting a blog, thinking about reviewing movies. What would you say, as somebody who's also a small YouTuber, uh, that you'd say this is a great experience, this is worth it. Uh, why don't you uh, go f- go forward, go ahead? What would you yeah, say?
1: I mean, I would definitely recommend if you're you're thinking about it, uh, start you know start thinking more seriously about it. Um, I I took way too long to do it. I, I kind of regret not jumping into you, the YouTube side of things when I originally was thinking about it. Um, cause I, when I first was like, had the inkling of maybe doing, starting a YouTube channel for my reviews, this was back in like 2015. And so I didn't actually start this channel until last March. So like March of 2019. So it was like four years where I had like a notebook and I had all these notes and all these plans. I had like planned out every detail. Like I had the colors that I was going to use for my like artwork and the banners. Like I was crazy with my planning. And I just didn't jump into the YouTube side of things for far too long. And and I regret that because it, it was kind of dumb not to, like there was no reason really not to, uh, to get into it. Um, And so definitely if you are even possibly considering it, go for it. Um, and, you know, you never know until you try. It's, it's definitely a different experience um, watching versus actually creating content. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, you can look into and, and plan and research as much as you can, but until you actually try it out, you don't really know how you feel about it. Um, and I think yeah. the more voices that we have, whether we're talking women or, um, you know, people of color or just, you know, anybody, even, even white, ma- straight white males, right? If you're interested, like, go for it. Like, it's a, it's definitely a, a very rewarding experience. And I, I think the more perspectives, the more voices that we have out there, the better.
0: I agree. I think that that's a really great point to leave on that we, we need to hear all different voices, all different experiences. and. It's- it's such a positive experience to use your creativity, and even if you only end up interacting with a small group of people, that's still a small group of people, and and uh, you made you can make friends, and uh, you can. I mean, I can't even imagine if I wasn't a podcaster, if I wasn't a uh, a, a YouTuber, how I would have gone through this quarantine time. I because I live alone, and I, and I I just. I I don't know. Thank goodness. Thank goodness that I've had it. I'm so grateful. And so thank you so much to each of you for coming on doing this. I really appreciate it. This was a lot of fun for me and, uh, and hopefully we can continue to sort of communicate with each other and support each other. And Kristen, how can people find you and your content?
2: I'm on Twitter at journeys underscore film. That's where uh, you can find a lot of my writing. Um, I also do most of my reviewing now over at IndieWire, which you can find out at IndieWire.com. And I also talk about classic films uh, and review them over on my podcast, Wish Business, which you can find wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Great. And I'll have all that in the description. And so Danielle, what about you? How can people find your, your content?
3: Soulzy at the movies.com, S O L Z Y, or you can find me on Twitter at Danielle S A T M, that's D A N I E L L E, S A T M. And I'm on Facebook at Soulzy at the movies, again, that's
0: S O L Z Y. Great. And Alyssa, what about you?
1: Um, so you can find me at Mainly Movies, uh, that's mainly with an E, like the state of Maine. Uh, and I'm on YouTube, but also social media, so Twitter, Instagram, Facebook.
0: Great, And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. And check out the Hallmarkies podcast. We have a lot of fun stuff there as well. And so thank you so much, uh, ladies. I really appreciate it. And we will hopefully be able to talk again soon. So bye, everyone.